Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spastiano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Good. And to quote the immortal Norm Peterson from Cheers, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. And that could actually explain some of my dates recently, but we, we won't get into that. Um, yeah, but, but honestly, I'm very excited tonight. Tonight is episode number 24. 24 is my favorite number. In nine more days, June 24th is my birthday. I'd like to say I'll be 24, uh, but that would be a lie. I'd like to say the inverse, you know, even 42. But sadly, I'll be the combination of the two. But you know what? I'm still here, so that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. That's uh, that's my brother's birthday as well. So okay, nice. But we'll uh, we'll 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 keep we'll make it easy on you tonight, Benny. I know you're uh, you know, coming up. We probably got a lot of lot of plans, a lot of hot dates coming up with the birthday. So we'll keep it easy tonight. Tonight we're talking about the upcoming Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Now I mentioned on last week's show when you and I were talking with Mikey that despite some of the weak build, and, and we'll get into that, Hell in a Cell is always one of those pay-per-views like the Rumble or Survivor Series that always seems to deliver no matter how weak the card looks on paper. So uh, going forward, you and I will we'll, we'll talk about it. But before we do that, I have something I want to make a uh, – I want to make a correction or or at least an omission. Last week I mentioned in conversation um, I'd seen news reports of the possible release of Jackson Riker. Apparently that's not the case. He, he was on Raw last night, still going strong, and seems to be getting a push uh, in getting the better of his feud with Elias. So uh, always glad to be wrong uh, when you got talent like that. I know he's, uh, we mentioned before the show, he's an Iraq war vet. Uh, his political leanings might not be the most popular among some of the some of our viewers, but always good to see a, a vet and a hard worker getting his due. So, moving on, um, Benny, you, uh, you you looking forward to the, this pay per view? What do you think? I, I am. I think. I mean, it's kind of going to be one of these deals where the matches are going to be good, but I, I, it's going to be very predictable. I think. I I kind of think that this is going to be a placeholder, and not you know just kind of advance storylines a little bit. I, I guess they're, we're going to have a live event, SummerSlam, August 21st in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to save all the good stuff for then. I, I would think so, especially with the crowds coming back. Speaking of crowds coming back, over the weekend uh, was the NXT In Your House pay-per-view. And you mentioned earlier about uh, you know, good matches despite being a placeholder. There were several, especially the main event um, of, of that pay-per-view, that were you knew you just looked at the at the lineup i mean the main event what was it carrying cross defended his title against adam cole kyle o'reilly pete dunn and johnny gargano i mean dude, the five of them in the ring at the same time you know that's going to be a good match i didn't care one way or the other about the storyline building up to it and that's unfortunately some of what we're going to talk about tonight you got weak build but you know those the wrestlers in the are going to deliver when it comes to ringside um but <clears throat> they they mentioned that was the capital center and it was the they said it was the largest crowd, uh, the Capital Center history. Uh, they, there were some throwbacks, even old uh, Todd Pettengill coming back trying to shill some VC uh, VHS tapes. Oh, and uh, you know, if you remember him from the old, um, oh absolutely, what was that? The Silver Vision era. So you know, and some of the early ones, and and the the old set looked great. But uh, 
I, I hope so. I mean, I look forward to it. We'll see. But um, get going on from here. The first match I want to talk about is actually because we've got a couple of notes here. The first match has not yet been confirmed officially, but it certainly seems to be unofficially confirmed. And that's Seth Rollins and Cesaro. Now, these guys, uh, Mania and a couple of uh, feuds on SmackDown back and forth. Uh, Cesaro was injured, had returned at the Ding Dong Hello segment not coming through the door. Which I thought was great entrance. If you remember I really back, enjoyed that. If, if you remember back in the old like the APA days, where where they always had the door just propped up in the locker oh, room, yeah. and and the wrestlers would knock on it, even though you could clearly. I love that setup of just the door and people using it like it's a real door and not not able to go around. You know, you you talk comedy. If I can get off topic for just a second, in the the one of my favorite movies is the first Naked Gun. And there's a scene in that movie where they're in a laboratory and they're going they, they're going from one room to the next. And Leslie Nielsen walks around between the camera and the wall, the fake door that everybody's going through, showing you that it's a set. And I just love that bit. So ever since as, as a kid, I thought that was hilarious. And I've always loved the fake door gags ever since. As long as it's not a gimmicked uh, fake wall. So we have Shockmaster <laughs> too, right? <laughs> right. Or uh, the the couple years ago when when Roman Reigns was feuding with Jinder Mahal and he speared him through a wall and it was obviously like a fake wall because when when the wall collapsed you could see the hallway behind it yeah like it was I mean it was clearly they had put a fake wall up in a, in, in in front of a hallway and it was just really bad looking but um these guys always deliver um I think as much as I love what they're doing with Cesaro they're clearly building him They've pushed him as a great uh, fighter. His, I didn't like the, we talked about it, I didn't like the ending of his championship match with Roman Reigns, but I think you can build him back up. However, in this case, I think Rollins is due his win back. He's lost a few of these, and he got pretty manhandled at Mania. So in this, it, it, when, when and if this match happens, I pick Seth Rollins. What do you think, Benny? Okay, so we're going to be a little bit different because... I, my note is Seth doesn't necessarily need to win, but I think Cesaro needs not to lose. And I based that on, you know, the last pay-per-view when he not only did he lose, but then he got beat down after the match. Now, he did kind of redeem himself on Ding Dong Hello. Uh, but I, I think, you know, I, I actually envision some outside interference here. It, it, I thought about this, and I thought maybe something with the Usos, because at some point there was in, interference between the Usos and Seth. And they were teasing a little bit with, you know, Seth and Roman. Yeah. So I, I think I see something like that where there's going to be some outside interference. And maybe, you know, maybe uh, Seth doesn't lose clean, but maybe the Usos cause him to lose, you know, at the, the match. And there's going to be some heat afterwards. Okay. I can see that. And that would lead to the theory you have that that they'll, they'll have to turn Rollins' face. Or at least maybe make him a tweener versus the evil heel that he is now. Right. Okay, I could see that. I personally, um, I'm enjoying this feud, if not just for the crazy suits that Seth Rollins has been wearing. What's his? Is he the Drip God? <laughs> no, that's uh, that's that's um, that's he, on think, Raw. That's no, I that's, think he. No, I think actually on on Ding Dong. Oh, he was uh, Bailey called him the Drip God, and then John Morrison is Johnny Drip Drip. Johnny so, Drip Drip. Yeah, yeah. I think drip. these guys are competing to be the poster boys for gonorrhea. <laughs> That's awful. Well, I do like that that 
John Morrison has the drip spray. He's almost like you remember it's like arrogance two point oh. I was yeah. about to say arrogance, old Rick Martell with the spray can. Absolutely. Yep. Um now going on to from from a match that 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 hasn't been confirmed but should happen to one that was confirmed last night. Uh the, the other freestanding non-title match is Alexa Bliss against Shayna Baszler. Now this is a continued buildup to the the uh, where Alexa Bliss was was taunting and fighting with Baszler and Nia Jax. She actually had a a match of sorts with Nia Jax last night, which is I was glad to see because I know there was rumors that Alexa Bliss's in ring career may have been over, but it's nice to see her taking bumps again, even though it was pretty one sided. And the fact that they lost, I'm glad because you and I both said it. It certainly looked like they were going towards Alexa Bliss and the doll winning the tag titles. But um, I, I don't see I, I don't see them repeating what they did with the fiend where they're, where they're going to build up this supernatural character and then have them lo- have her lose regularly. I just don't see it. I think you have to give her something to go with. And unfortunately, they've never really. They've never really given Shayna Baszler the shot of being the dominant force. I mean, she had her moment at the Rumble, and she lost. And then she had her match against Becky Lynch, who was injured and pregnant, and she lost. Um, But I I don't see Baszler winning here. I think this is either some supernatural goofiness or some pyro or ghosts or something. But Alexa Bliss wins this match. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, I think... Shane has been given the short stick, the short end of the stick. I, I really like her. I, I, I like her her style. You know, I, a little bit, you know, not the, not the best promo person, but I like her intensity. She really makes you believe that she's intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that a loss here is going to kill any, really, uh, her shot of being anywhere in the, in the title mix in the near future. But I think in order, like you said, they can't kill this thing too soon. So Alexa has to win. Yeah, and hopefully, if if what happened at Mania with the bloody fa- or the black face and the drippy face and the fiend getting squashed by Orton and all that crap, hopefully, a lot. It seemed like they kind of transferred the powers from the fiend to Alexa Bliss. So maybe now that they can reboot it, hopefully they treat her well, and and they actually, you know, if you're going to have supernatural abilities, you're not going to lose every week or you know, have have awful matches, and I don't know. I, I they have a chance to do something good here because Alexa Bliss is really playing this character well. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting. You mentioned SummerSlam, and I want your thoughts on this before we continue. Is stuff like what Alexa Bliss has been doing the uh, the 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 feud, the mini feud between Jackson Riker and Elias, where they're kind of pushing Jackson Riker as the face. Um, what's happening with Cesaro? Uh, you've got the the tag title with Natalia and Tamina, where Tamina is actually getting reactions. Uh, the RK Bros. There's a lot of stuff happening right now on Raw and SmackDown that has never really gotten its chance in front of a live crowd. So I'm really curious to see how the live crowd reacts to Alexa Bliss because the live crowd hated. What the fiend? How the fiend was treated at Mania? The whole thing with the box and Alexa—they booed the crap out of that. Um, the, the the RK Bros have never wrestled in front of a live crowd. Jackson Riker's never gotten a good face moment in front of a live crowd. I'm curious to see 
there's there's how how they react to say another match between Rhea and Charlotte, which we'll talk about here shortly. Um, there's a lot that's happening right now that's never gotten its due in front of a live crowd, and much like. I'll be honest with you. I was surprised by the crowd's reaction to Hulk Hogan at Mania. Um, that that sometimes a live crowd will surprise you. I'm I'm really curious to see once fans start coming back, and I think SummerSlam is the big st- jumping point for that. Where 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 they go, how they have if they have to tweak anything or drop storylines or maybe change stuff because the fans everything in the last what year and change has been artificial crowd noise. You know, the, the piped-in fake crowd might not react the same way. Yeah, you know, it's really funny because I thought at WrestleMania, everybody was going to be so glad to be back at a live wrestling event that they were going to put everything over. But like you said, they you know, they had that reaction for Hulk. They had that reaction for, you know, when, uh, when The Fiend got squashed. So you never know. I mean, wrestling fans are not, I mean, they're kind of like Johnny Rods, very unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now, moving on from a questionable match with a weird build to a championship women's match with great build, and we talked about it at the Ding Dong Hello segment, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bianca Belair is defending her title against Bayley. And I think both you and I have not been able to say enough good things about heel Bayley. And how much we like Bianca Belair and think she's doing great as champion. Um, these two have great chemistry. I've loved the build with Bailey being the the snarky heel and Bianca Belair basically being the the conquering face. I mean, she's better. She's stronger than Bailey, faster than Bailey, better than Bailey. It almost reminds me of like a like an authority figure, you know, an Austin McMahon or uh, early days of like WCW or, or some of the stuff you saw in the NWA with, you know, uh, Crockett and, and Jake Cornette and some of those guys where a, uh, you, you've got the, the baby face is going to win without question, unless the heel does something underhanded. And I, I think wrestling has, doesn't have enough of the good storylines you can tell in the ring. And these two will deliver it. But Absolutely. I think, Obvi- to me, this is an obvious ending. Uh, I-, I don't think you take the belt off Bel Air yet. I think she keeps it probably for a good while. But she she maybe just DQ. It might not be a clean finish, but she's walking out champion. I completely agree. Um, yeah, I have some notes here. So uh, as of uh, the, the night of the event, I think she's going to be the champion 71 days. And that's, that's really not enough time to prove yourself. And she- right. She's just starting to come into her own. As I have my notice, it, it's still too soon. And I have a note about Bailey. There were certain wrestlers that I thought in my lifetime could never pull off the heel gimmick. You know, I have notes. Rick Martel, never thought he'd be a good heel. It was right. a phenomenal heel. Uh, Bob Backlund really surprised me. You, you know, it's funny. Um, you, you, Some of the people we've had on you, uh, Benny, Javier, um, I, I've been in the, in the years, even before the podcast, read a, read a lot of the old magazines and the old articles and the old editorials. And it's funny when Strike Force first broke up, there was a lot of criticism of people saying they thought Tito would have been the better choice for the heel because Rick Martel was just such a good, good guy. And the model was, I mean, really one of the unsung heroes of that era. Great heel. Excellent heel. And then Barry Windham. I never thought Barry Windham would be a good heel. He was like the ultimate babyface. 
in, in mm. you know in, in WCW for years and years. But once he you know once he became a horseman, I thought he pulled that off very very well. Um, so yeah, I think she needs to to you know Bianca needs to continue to grow. I think there's a wild card here that you know that we're not talking about yet. Uh, I, Becky Lynch. I I think her return is imminent, and I think you know that might be something where she shows up in a couple of weeks, and maybe it's you know maybe it's a three way at, at at SummerSlam. I could see that, and with the WWE having their kind of unwritten policy of keeping couples together, right? Seth Rollins is on SmackDown. That would be the logical place for her, right? So they can coordinate their travel schedules correctly, especially with the travel schedules coming back. I do have I have something that like this is for everybody and I, I would really if anybody wants to post on our podcast page just their opinion on this I thought about this today so just imagine you're a wrestling fan you're in 1987 you're watching Piper's Pit in in March of 1987 and you have you have Piper you have Andre you have Hulk Hogan you have uh, Bobby the Brain Heen and you have Jesse the the Body Ventura all within 15 feet of each other. One of the most epic Piper's Pits ever when Andre rips Hogan's shirt off at the cross. Yeah, and he cuts and then, him. And then immediately after that, you go into a coma. Right after that, right after you watch Piper's Pit. And then you wake up, and the minute you wake up, you're in front of a TV set, and you it's ding-dong hello. <laughs> so I'd like to know what people would think. Like I personally want to go back in the coma. You know, if that well, was, you know, it, it's funny. People, history kind of glosses over that there was a run of talk shows during w- when Piper left. You had the Snake Pit, you had the Barber Shop, the Funeral Parlor. Uh, what was the one that that um, uh, Adrian Adonis had the Flower Shop. That's it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I was about to say the fl- you had the flower shop. You had uh, brother love had what was it the love lounge or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you had and then it, it was just it was they were rampant and now you've got I mean you had a little bit now but you got uh, the Miz, Miz TV it's on TV, Raw right. and and Bailey getting the ding dong hello which was honestly I originally and and kind of off topic here I originally thought when she got saddled with the whole ding dong hello thing I thought that was going to be not really a punishment, but it seemed like a way of giving her something to do because they weren't going to use her for any matches or anything. You know, remember at Mania where her entire role was to annoy Hulk Hogan and, and Titus and then get jobbed out to the Bellas. Right. You know, um, uh, well, I shouldn't say even jobbed out. She got, she got beaten up by him on, on the stage, but you know, here's one of the best wrestlers you have in the business or in your company. And you got her doing a, a lame talk show, but they did a, They surprised me because they, they transitioned that talk show into a legit feud for the title. So I think she she it in this case it worked. And as a snarky heel, I think Ding Dong Hello is kind of a silly name. But you, you know how much I love the fake door gimmick. So well, I, the minute, I, the, minute it, the the doorbell rang and Seth said, "No, I'll get it." You absolutely knew. You absolutely like, knew who it was. And right, I mean, from then on, it was solid gold. I mean, Cesaro See, and, was great. And that's one of those moments that you have to do now because you can't do that in front of a live crowd because the crowd on the behind the hard cam sees Cesaro right. standing behind the door. You know, so I I <laughs> and and I don't think you could you could play 
if you had a crowd reaction and Seth Rollins was still like, oh, let me get the door, you're an idiot. It, the crowd's cheering. It's obvious who's back there. Right, but in exactly. this case, yeah, this is one of those, the last last things you can do with the Thunderdome. Kind of like... Uh, Kind of like I talked about with uh, Roman Reigns throwing throwing Dominic back to sixth grade, where you know how they how they set it up in such a way. I mean, clearly he landed on something, crash pad, whatever. But they framed it in such a way where it looked good. You can't do that shot in front of a live crowd. No, you know that's what um uh uh, uh help me out here. I think it was uh I think it was Eddie Graham when he was yelling at uh. Bubba Rogers when he dropped somebody for the power bomb and, and it, was a, it was saying that stuck with him for years and people like Cornette and all have used ever since. If you can't do it, don't even try. Right. And I think that was one of the arguments we had with uh, like AEW with Jericho falling on that obviously fake stage. You know, if you know you can't make the shot look good, don't do the bump. They, they did it pretty well, I think, though. I mean, the way they, I, with, with the camera see, angle. With with Dominic, yes, not with Jericho. You no you no. Su- we're talking about Dominic. Oh yeah, no with Dominic exactly, and that shows how you can you could have had a Jericho fall and frame it in such a way that it didn't look obvious. I mentioned it uh, before, and and we're getting a little off topic. We'll go back to the matches here in a second, but they they had a real bad habit of doing that with like one of the best matches I have seen in a long long time was from an NXT pay per view a couple months ago, Walter. Speaking of long-running champions, I think he just hit like 800 days as UK heavyweight champion. Uh, he was defending the title against Tommaso Ciampa. And in the match, Walter chopped, missed, and broke a table. Because, you know, they were trying to sell how powerful Walter's chops are. And then the camera zooms in on the table. And you can clearly see it's one of those cartoony, perfect, serrated, fake cuts. It's a, yeah, gimmick table. It's a gimmick table. Like, no, it, it, you you... You had the great shot. You see it snap. The crowd reacts like, holy shit. You know, look at what Walter just did. And then you zoom in. Oh, look, everybody. It's a fake table. Yeah, just show her. It's like, you know, right. watching replaying it, a magician's trick to show how, like, illustrate how it's not real. It reminds me uh, of, and I think we talked about it in the old show, with the, the WrestleMania where Shane jumped off the cell and, and trying to, and, and Sami Zayn pulled Kevin Owens and, and, uh, Shane McMahon crashed through the announce table and they had the camera from an up high, far away shot. G- gorgeous. Then they replayed it from the view of the announcers and you can see the, the 12 inch crash pad that Shane McMahon's landed on. And right. you can see the table folds and such a, like you, you ruin it by exposing everything. Right, Just exactly. stick with the, stick with the hard camera shot and be done with it. But kind of like, I know we mentioned it in our WrestleMania review, the, 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 um, what is that called? Uh, the flipping power bomb that uh, Bad Bunny landed, and um, it looked great until they showed it from the other angle, and you could see that that uh, Morrison's head was about four inches off the floor. You know, like play it from the hard camera. Yeah, and leave good, well enough alone. Exactly, leave well enough alone. Speaking of of leaving well enough alone, transitions to. Another uh, women's match coming up is another title. This is on the Raw side. And Rhea Ripley is, uh, at least now, I I say this with a caveat because it's on the official match card, but Raw kind of hinted that they may tweak it a little bit. But as of right now, Raw Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley defending the title against Charlotte Flair. I know, Benny, Charlotte Flair being in a title match, big shock, right? Um, This is another one, I think, 
just like Bianca Belair and Bailey. I think they'll, the two of them will deliver. I, they were pretty much match of, of the night when they met, fought at WrestleMania 36. Um, I think they'll deliver, but I think just like with Bianca Belair, it's way too early to pull the title off Rhea Ripley. Might have some shenanigans because they've kind of thrown Nikki Cross into this feud. But uh, Rhea Ripley walks out as champion. Totally agree. Uh, Rhea will be, as of Hell in the Cell, 70 days. That's too soon. You know, give her, give her a chance. I have a note here. I have Charlotte Flair, solid gold, and I have a little analogy. Elton John. Elton John in 1974 could have released a 45 single of him passing gas in the shower, and it would have went solid gold. I mean, everything he – and I – to me, like Charlotte Flair's in that same category. She doesn't need to win. There'll, right. there'll be another day for Charlotte. Give give Rhea her moment in the sun. There'll be you know there'll be another time. And I, I, again, as far as a wild card, I mean, I've read and I don't know how true it is that Ronda Rousey's contemplating a comeback. I don't know when that would be. Yeah, I mean that'd be interesting to see because um, I know Ronda Rousey has. I I don't know if she gave birth already, but I know she announced she was pregnant. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Actually, you know, funny, uh, useless fact for you, since you and I love throwing little tidbits at each other. You mentioned Elton John's popularity. Uh, despite having existed for many, many years, Elton John was actually the first. Did you know he was the first artist to have a, de- a album debut at number one on the Billboard charts? Did not Every know other al- Yeah, ca- Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Wow. Every other album prior to that had debuted elsewhere and worked its way up to number one. His he was the first album to debut number one on the pop charts. Wow! So there's your useless fact for the day, Benny. Um, but actually, Raw, I think to go back to it, I think Raw. I like what you said with, uh, I like what you said with Rousey. However, I think they they're kind of kind of backdooring Nikki Cross into this, and with the feud that Alexa Bliss is doing, where she's targeting Baszler and Nia Jax separately. And playing the mind games of you two don't need each other. Uh, one of those two could end up. I mean, really, I, I understand why it's why Charlotte Flair keeps getting these chances. You've got Charlotte Flair, you've got Rhea Ripley, and you've got Asuka. And those are the only three women on Raw that are even remotely credible right now, the way they've right. been booked, as, as possible champions. I mean, Shayna Baszler, you mentioned. Uh, 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 unfortunately, everybody else is tied up in tag teams. Naomi, you just jobbed Naomi out um, to to the, the Eva Marie body double, um, who was a, an NXT UK performer. Good for her to see her get her debut. Um, but Eva Marie, I mean, they're still working on her and, and that storyline. And now Naomi's a, a jobber, so who knows? But yeah, those three are it. So you better inject some fresh blood or tweak the story a little bit. Uh, moving on to the the Hell in a Cell matches of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. There's going to be two, both heavyweight title matches. Uh, the first is Bobby Lashley defending against Drew McIntyre. Now, this one has an interesting stipulation. Benny, you and I talked about this before we went on the air. Uh, if McIntyre loses this match, he does not, will not get another title shot as long as Lashley is champion. Now, you said something, Benny. What were your thoughts before? Go go for it. I'll give you the first one here. Well, the minute they say something like that, you absolutely know that there's going to be another match. It's guaranteed. So, 
you think they're going to have to play some shenanigans because we both agree Lashley's keeping the title. Right. There's going to be a, a match in a couple of weeks or a month where, you know, if, if Drew wins and he, he re, you know, regains his opportunity or, or like you said before the show, maybe, maybe Lashley loses in an upset to somebody. And, you know, the, based on that technicality, Drew gets his, you know, even if Lashley re- regains the title because of that, maybe Drew gets a title shot. There's, there's, it's not the end of it for sure. See, and that's what I think is interesting because they very much focused on that point. Drew McIntyre does not get another title shot as long as Lashley is champion. Now, there are some rumblings and some rumors about possible SummerSlam opponents. Um, internet fans being what they are pointed out that just recently, I think within the last week, the WWE moved Brock Lesnar's profile from the legend section back to the active roster section of their website. Okay. Um, Now that's been something that people have been kind of clamoring for, for a long time, Lashley against Lesnar. Um, I personally, I think if you're going to have SummerSlam be the big Vegas extravaganza, I think you bring back the big names for those matches. I would not be shocked if Lashley drops the belt to Lesnar at SummerSlam. I don't want to see Lesnar as champion. I love what they're doing with Lashley, MVP. I, I still say they shouldn't have broke up the Hurt Business. No, but I that, love, was, that was a big mistake. I love what they're doing with him. I hope he keeps the title for a long time. But I think, yeah, with McIntyre, with that stipulation, he does not win the belt at Hell in a Cell. And I think he goes after whoever takes the title from Lashley, I think at SummerSlam or maybe into the fall, like at the Survivor Series. I like the whole, like, he's the new Godfather. He's the 2021 version of the Godfather. Exactly, with the women. He's the PG-13 Godfather. And he's got his hose 2.0. You know, the one thing I didn't really understand was, like, with Drew, uh, you know something's going to happen. Every every contract signing in the history of wrestling, something happens. Of course. Drew Drew splits the table in half with his sword. (laughs) That that one I didn't understand, but... Well, if you remember Raw... The yesterday we're we're recording this on a Tuesday, which I think should be pointed to caveat. Um, we are recording this and, and we're going to upload this episode prior to the go home SmackDown. So things might change a little bit, but yeah, no. If you remember, Raw ended with a six man tag. Um, excuse me, McIntyre teamed up with the Viking Raiders against. Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and and Omos, and ended with McIntyre hitting the Claymore, pinning Lashley clean in the ring, which you know when that happens, he's not winning the title. That's the kiss of death. Interestingly enough, something we mentioned when we had Benny on last week, if you go to WWE.com, the picture of of McIntyre getting ready to hit the Claymore, like he's halfway, legs halfway up, his hand, his hand is there. He's slapping his leg in that picture. So... It's blatantly if you know if you know the tricks of the trade, you can tell what he's doing. I think that's funny. Yeah. So uh, moving on to the match, I think is probably going to surprise everybody, not because of the outcome, but just because I think of how good it's going to be. Um, is the final Hell in a Cell match? Roman Reigns is defending the Universal Championship against Rey Mysterio. Now, I personally think this is the match that's going to end the show. Um. But you've got Roman Reigns. He interfered with the Usos in their feud against Ray and Dominic. Beat up Dominic, threw Dominic back to middle school last week. 
Uh, we talked about that angle. Ray challenged him to uh, to a Hell in a Cell match. Now, Ray, I like the build. Ray, they're building it up where Ray Mysterio doesn't. He he clearly doesn't think he can beat him fairly. You know, I, I it's going to be hard. There's probably going to be some weapons involved. It's going to be some shenanigans. There usually is with Ray in these kind of matches. But I might not be able to beat you. I might not be able to win. But I'm still coming after you because you hurt my boy. I like I like that build. Now, it's kind of a shame because we we all know they're 100% guaranteed take it to the bank. Roman Reigns keeping the title. Rey Mysterio, 0% chance he wins at all. If he does, I think it's the wrong move 100, 100 different ways. But that's the problem is you've got a match. We all, we all know the outcome. And that's why I say I think this is going to surprise people because I think it can still deliver – the excitement, the near fall, the up, the uh, underdog, kind of what they did with Daniel Bryan, where you never, we, we never thought Daniel Bryan was winning the title back, but damn it, if I didn't believe it as a fan watching the match that he might. And I think that's what they'll do with here. I think Mysterio, they'll have those moments where you're like, yeah, they may, no, no, wait a minute. And then come crash back down to reality. But Roman Reigns wins this match. I, I think it's going to be sleeper of the night. Definitely going to be a great match, no doubt about it. Uh, my, my note is that um, I have a better chance of waking up on my birthday being 28 with uh, Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, laying in bed next to me than Ray has winning this match. But it's still going to be a great match. You know, my only – and we, we talked about this before the show. My, my only problem with Roman – I mean, I love the way they're booking him, uh, you know, the, the, the dominant heel champion. I mean, he, he's the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he is really the guy. There's no doubt about it. I do have an issue a little bit with how they're presenting Paul Heyman because the guy is like one of the, to me, like on the Mount Rushmore promo guys. Right. And it's a, at this point, and maybe it's just to prove the, you know, how dominant Roman is, but, you know, pretty much, you know, Paul's handing him his belt and, you know, just handing him the mic and things like that, almost like a lackey. Um, yeah. Well, but, especially. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that, you know, the, the problem is, is that, it's just there's, you know, and we talked about the Bruno build. You know, Bruno is wrestling George Steele. And I know it's different times, but, you know, the whole thing is, you know, by, by the third George Steele match, you know, Professor Tanaka was, was getting, you know, pinning Dominic DiNucci. And to the point where, you know, once that blow off the rubber match, like we said, at the Garden happened, you already had your next heel for Bruno. Um, and you're not really seeing that with Roman. The, 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 you know, basically throwing stuff against the wall. I mean, the whole the, the, for for all things considered, the fact that it was put together very quickly, uh, the storyline. I think they did a good job. I mean, you know, him, you know, beating up Mysterio's kid. Right. Of course, you're gonna as a father, you're gonna fight to the death for your son. I mean, Absolutely. That's a, that's a great story. That that, that storyline will always go over. See, and and I think I want to give them credit. I'll give credit where credit is due. We we always are good about that. Is they built. A very good uh, going back a couple months in their feud with Rugler or the Dirty Dogs, which I hate that name. But um, you know where where they were building up. Ray is he's the father. I mean, obviously, he's legitimately Dominic's father. I mean, he won him fair and square in a ladder match, so his family bonds don't get any stronger than that. Right, but you have uh, I mean, they build up the father character, the father figure. He's the guardian. He's teaching them he's still giving the ropes they win the tag titles he's building them up then and then they're slowly at the same time separately on the program 
They're bringing the Usos back together. And there's tension between Roman Reigns and Jimmy and Jay. And then there's that kind of three-way tension. And the story is so naturally progressed there. Roman interferes, beats up Dominic. Ray wants revenge. I uh, Yes, it feels thrown together. But at having watched wrestling for as long as I have, I think it, to me, this definitely seems like a long-term plan. They, they went back at least three or four months and said, Roman, Daniel Bryan, Roman, Daniel Bryan, Roman Cesaro, because they were building Cesaro up while he was feuding with Daniel Bryan. And then who, who after Cesaro, we're going to do Roman and Ray. I really think, I give them credit where it's due. It's a natural progression, like you said with Bruno, where it seems like they, if you pay attention, they built this storyline up at least two or three months back, which is long, hardcore, long-term booking in the WWE. Well, nowadays, yes. Yeah, absolutely. You but know, um, I, I, I think that, there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of dynamics. You got, you got the Usos. What are they going to do in the, the Rollins-Cesaro match? What are they going to do in this match? You know, how is that going to play off against Roman and, you know, and, and you know, Seth with Roman? I think right. there's a lot more, you know, the, the, the puzzle, you know, it's a, a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. We're, we're probably going to get like 600 pieces of it, but not the whole thing. Exactly. Now, I'm going to get your thoughts because other than the review, we got to talk a little bit about some rumors and some uh, this week in wrestling or some, some future thoughts. Um, speaking, you were talking about building up champions for uh, challengers, excuse me, for Roman, the rumor going about the interwebs today and this week has been the SummerSlam plan is for Roman to challenge, be challenged by John Cena. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. You know, I guess he's been away long enough that maybe, you know, like back in the territory days, you know, they Dusty would get burned out in Florida, so they'd send him up to New York to feud with Billy Graham for, you know, six months. When he came back to Florida, he was fresh. Um, you know, I think he's been away long enough, Cena, that he might get a, a decent reaction. And, I mean, how many does he – he's still tied with Ric Flair, correct? He is, I believe – I th actually think he's either – He's one. Of, I think he needs one more. I think he's tied. Right. So I mean, that, there would be. I mean, that's a good storyline right there. So I, you know, I, I think, and Cena's always going to give a good match. He's going to be in great shape. He's going to build it up. I mean, I, I think that if they build it properly, I, I think it'll be pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at. Uh, I just got curious, so I looked it up. And uh, yes, they are they are both tied at 16. Cena's next title reign would be number 17, which would set would would break the record. I mean, that in so, itself could be a great storyline. Yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting to see. I, now, I, I, I personally think, and I know this sounds weird given the the current age bracket. I think Cena's too young to give him that last hurrah with the belt. Like when they did it with The Rock, or if they ever put the title back on Edge, um, Hulk Hogan during his little career renaissance back in the mid two thousands, um, where he beat Triple H at I think it was Unforgiven. Um, I I think Cena, I I think he's too young to to give him the last hurrah title reign. You know, maybe wait a few more years. I don't know, but I think he's what he's forty four. 
believe so. I think he was born in 77. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so yeah, maybe you're right because I think Hogan was like 48 or 49. You know, Edge was born in I think Edge is 48 now. So yeah, yeah I mean, if you give it to him too soon, then then what? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and with as as good a shape as John Cena's in, he could probably be 60 and still be still be going strong. You know? Yeah, this isn't like you know uh, Vern Gagne at 54 years old. You know, John Cena at 54, he'll still be a stud. You know, it's funny. I was actually thinking the same thing. This isn't Gagne or Bockwinkle at 50, where they, they look 50. And they look even, like they, even, be, they belonged in a Tuesday night bowling league. You know, Even even the crowds that loved Vern Gagne reacted accordingly that, come on, dude, just, right. just it, let it, it go. Like, yeah. You know? Um, but now, speaking of, of uh, predictions, you know, like I mentioned uh, before, we're doing this prior to SmackDown, so uh, there, there could be some changes. I just want to go over a couple possible matches. I know, obviously, Cesaro and Seth Rollins hasn't officially been confirmed yet. Um, there's, uh, we, we, I mentioned it before the before we we went on. They've been kind of building up a couple of side matches. Uh, it certainly seems like Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose are number one contenders for the women's tag titles, and they don't have a match. Um, However, my opinion is right now with the reactions that Tamina's been getting because they kind of been building her up. I think it's too. If they do end up with a women's title match, I think they retain. Yeah, I would agree with that. Again, it's too soon. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, yeah, they haven't really gotten their their moment. I mean, they had Mania and the reaction they got at Mania where they won the they won the fatal four the fatal four way or the gauntlet or whatever it was and then challenged Baszler and Nia Jax the next night and Tamina got some really good reactions. So I mean that that could be something to, to look for. Um I obviously the, the there's gonna be no SmackDown tag title match because Ray is uh tied up in the title picture. And there may be a side match here or there. I, I think um depending on how the match, because this week is supposed to be the blow-off match between Shinsuke. I was just going to uh, say that you read my mind. Absolutely. Yeah, between, between Shinsuke and King Corbin fighting over the crown, which I like the line that um, Sonya Deville when used last week when King Corbin was in, in the locker room comp- or c- complaining to uh, Adam Pierce, And he's like, he stole my crown. And she said, well, you know, I really think it looks better on him. And I think it does with that design. I think it goes better with Shinsuke. It it does, yes. But um, and then, of course, Rick, Rick Boogs, where they just kind of uh, uh, they just sort of gave Elias's gimmick to someone else. Is that the same guy that was the 24-7 champion on on the Old Spice guy? Yeah, yeah. Rick Boogs was the Old Spice guy. He was an NXT. He was an NXT talent. Okay. Um, and I, I think, I mean, he's basically electric guitar Elias, but um, I think, you know, it, depending on how that match goes, they could easily have their blow off match. Cause I think they're, I want to say they're two wins a piece now um, going into the match. So depending on how that goes, that may, they may, that, that sounds like pre-show to me. Um, but I think with what you're doing, kind of pushing Rick Boogs and, sort of wanting to keep Shinsuke happy with what he's doing. I think Shinsuke wins that feud at the end. There's a lot of possibilities. You got, you know, got AJ and Omos, uh, maybe against the Viking, uh, Viking Raiders. You got, you got, you know, possibly Sheamus. 
there, there's a number of guys that really don't have anything to do right now. You, I was about to say, speaking of reading minds, that was going to be my next one. You got two more titles up. Uh, I think regardless of how many matches they add, I don't think any titles change hands this weekend. No, I think this is kind of just a placeholder. If they do, it's going to be like whatever the least significant title is, they right. might change that. But other, none, none of the major, major titles are going to change. No. No, I, I agree with you. Now, speaking of titles, um, I know you don't watch NXT, but I do want to give kind of a special nod to L.A. Knight won the ladder match. He's now the million-dollar champion. They brought had Ted DiBiase bring that title back. Um, I just want to mention that because we were talking about guys coming back out of retirement or whatever. DiBiase is by no means wrestling, but you know, whenever they bring back legends, the legends always they're always built to look better than the talent. In this case, DiBiase elevated L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes to a point. So I, I, I got to get used to him. He's still Eli Drake to me, but I'll have to get used to him as L.A. Knight. You know, honestly, I. I understand why you change names, you know, Prince Devitt becoming King uh, Finn Balor and stuff like that. But as big a fan as I am of his work, L.A. Knight is a st- I'm sorry, that is a stupid name. I, I like like I, that's not the name you put on a title. I mean, clearly right. he's a million dollar champion. That's a good mid card guy, maybe. But, you know, it's like 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 when they dropped when they dropped Buddy and he just became Murphy, Murphy. like. So, sometimes you give somebody a name and it's like, wait a minute. You know, remember when uh, uh, after snagging them from TNA, when they when when uh, when they had the, the legendary debut of Marcus Corvon, like, you know, that was that was I mean, Mark, you, you couldn't use any of his previous NFL footage because he, he, he that wasn't his name anymore. Right. And Marcus Corvon's not a name that that, that headlines mania. That's where weird. did that one come from? Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, as we wrap up, Benny, any any thoughts on the week? Any thoughts on what's coming well, up? Well, no, I wanted to give a shout-out to the Brigade. We're up to 653 members. Uh, content, we get plenty of content. Everybody gets along. It's a love fest in there. And so I just wanted to thank everybody, uh, you know, onwards and upwards. We're going to we're gonna hit 1,000 before you know it. We're going to have a big celebration. Yeah. We'll do I have to do another special Q&A show, maybe bring a nice guest on, kind yes, of a sir. thank you there. Now, speaking of guests, Benny, um, we've got a couple of nice ones coming up. I know next week uh, we're going to do our Hell in a Cell review, uh, kind of a look at, at wrestling. But Ju- uh, June 29th and July 6th, we've got some some nice names. Why don't you tell everybody about what shows are coming up? I'm very, very excited about both of these. June 29th is the, you know, and you use the term legend, but this guy's a legend, Jimmy Valiant. The Boogie Woogie Man. He is a true legend of wrestling. Um, and he's been on, he was on our previous iteration of this show. The guy wrestled in seven, di- seven different decades. You know, member of the Valiant Brothers, arguably one of the greatest tag teams in the history of wrestling. Wrestled in every major territory in the United States. And, you know, now owns a, a, a has a wrestling school in Virginia and a great guy to boot. So that's going to be a, and the guy can talk. See, you know, and be, being being a Virginia native uh, native myself, not just a wrestling school, but that's a big like like good talent comes out of there. That's a school people want to go to. Shawsville, right? Is that where it's? Yes. Okay. But um, yeah. And then what about what about July sixth? We got another nice July show coming up 6th there. July sixth is Ron Shaw. 
who wrestled in the WWF back in the day, uh, pulled off one of the greatest upsets in the history of TV wrestling when he pinned young David San Martino. So we're looking very forward to having him on as, as well. And as we've seen, the, the, the guys from the territory days have the best road stories. So that's good stuff there. They're in the car you know, seven days a week, you know, putting yeah. on, you know, what, how many miles they put on their car? We had thousands, thousands every week. Yeah. Shit, I mean, we, we had uh, last year on the old show, we had Magnum TA, and he said his first couple years wrestling, he was averaging almost 500 matches a year. I mean, couple, uh, Every every day, all year, twice on Sundays, two or three times on Thursdays. He like, wrestled for Mid South. That was like that was a job and a half. Yep. Uh, speaking of wrestling, I just want a quick shout out. Uh, our still most popular episode we've done since Dan and Benny the Ring started was our interview with uh, videographer, teacher, legendary voice, and a friend of the show, George Pontas. And um, George is the commissioner of VCW, which is Virginia Championship Wrestling here in Virginia. They go back to live crowds. Their first show in 15 months is in July. So check them out, VCW. They're on YouTube, uh, VCW Wrestling. I look forward to it. Uh, they got a lot of, lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, I, told, I told George uh, before we get dibs on our first interview once VCW goes back. So you, you and I will have to hook up at a VCW show this year. Get, I, will, get, have I a definitely chat with the see a road trip in my future. There you go. So, uh, Benny, always a pleasure. We, we look forward to it. We'll, uh, got, got some good stuff coming up. Hopefully the pay-per-view lives up to our expectations. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, for the BS Express, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spasciano. Have a good night, everyone. And as always, happy wrestling. Hey, folks. <laughs>